Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, a special Saturday edition because it is draft weekend, of course, and the Browns made uh, three picks on Friday night, so we're going to talk about those, and I am joined tonight by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm a little bit tired, but we're getting through it. We, uh, we made it through another day. And Scott Patsko joining me as well. Scott, how are you? Yeah, yeah, we're trying to stay awake. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> And doing the same thing, uh, Ellis Williams. Ellis, what's up? Yeah, I sat down at 6 or 7 whenever this draft started and looked up, and all of a sudden it was midnight, 1 a.m. for you guys. And, uh, things are good, man. It's, uh, it did go kind of fast tonight. I think that's one of the benefits of this virtual draft is it seems like maybe it's, it's moving a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm at home and I'm more easily distracted and working from home. I don't know, but it, it feels like it's going a little faster. I shouldn't say that, though, before we get to Saturday and, and that marathon day. Let, let's talk about tonight, though. And the first thing the Browns did was trade down. They traded down from 41 to 44. Sort of a weird, a weird thing happened. So the Browns traded down three spots with the Colts to select a defensive back from LSU. They got a fifth-rounder in return. Last year, the Browns traded up three spots with the Colts, gave up a fifth-rounder, and pick the defensive back from LSU. This year it's Grant Delpit. They get him at 44. Mary Kay, again, sort of like with Jedrick Wills, it couldn't have worked out any more perfect for this team. Yeah, I mean, this was a guy that they uh, really had their eye on. And uh, you guys, I think, uh, Dan and Ellis, you guys were kind of harping on the safety road. Uh, so it kind of worked out the way that you thought it might with the with getting a safety in the second round but uh there were some really good ones available at number 44 and you know it was almost like pick your poison you could have had uh some of the best uh most highest rated safeties on the board Antoine Winfield your guy Ashton Davis from Cal I know you really liked him a lot Ellis and um and then Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois so it was really a, a good safety crop when they picked there. Uh, they ended up going with LSU's Grant Delpit, and it kind of went along with the whole SEC vibe of the day. I mean, and of the draft, really. Uh, I think that they, we are learning some of Andrew Berry's tendencies early on here, and one of them is uh, go SEC early and often. Yeah, uh- Ellis, you know, Mary Kay mentioned it. you liked Ashton Davis, but uh, is Delpit a guy that you kind of had up there too? 
Yeah, and Mary Kay, not just go SEC, go LSU guys. I'm sure we'll get into that. A whole lot of Tigers on this team now. Um, but, yeah, Delpit is a guy that uh, was ranked real highly for me. Of, of course, like you said, Mary Kay, they really couldn't go wrong at safety, much like at tackle on day one. Uh, Winfield was a smaller guy, 5'9", 5'10"-ish. Um, and then Ashton Davis, 6'1", also a little smaller, compared to Tilbert's 6'3 frame. So he's naturally longer. I think he could grow into a bit of a – a tight end matchup, uh, maybe taking on more talented slot receivers. I don't think he's ready for that yet. Um, if he does see the field, he's going to play. But I think there is a lot of competition in this defensive backfield, which maybe we can talk about later. But he's going to be a deep safety. I think that's where he's best right now. Uh, allow him to play naturally, read the field, stuff like that. But like Mary Kay said, the Browns couldn't went wrong with any three or four of those guys, really. And they landed who many consider the top safety in the draft all the way at pick 44. It was a great start to the uh, second round for them. Yeah, Sky, I mean, kind of the same. It just it just sort of fell right for this team. And, and on top of that, they were able to add a fifth-round pick. Yeah, I think uh, last year's defense would have loved somebody like Delpit. He seems like the perfect guy to, to kind of come up and, and possibly play in the slot or, you know, chase tight ends all over the field. Uh, that third guy that, that, that we saw them use, we're not sure how Joe Woods is going to line people up, but um, – He's versatile, and that's important. You know, you want a guy – he was used a lot in slot, a lot in the back of the defense. Um, they have – they brought in two safeties and free agency. Carl Joseph has done a little bit of everything. Um, Sandejo, I think, has, has been more towards the towards free safety. Uh, but, you know, you get more versatility back there. You get a guy who can cover tight ends, and you watch the Browns for a few years, you know all about their struggles covering tight ends in recent years. So it, it, it was a good pick, and it made a lot of sense. It seems to me that, uh, you know, they really got him more so for his coverage skills. I mean, the same way that it was with Greedy last year when he was a second-round pick out of LSU, tackling was a question mark for him. And it is the same thing for Grant. In fact, uh, he joked around on his conference call when asked about his uh, suspect tackling. Uh, he he uh, kiddingly threatened to tackle the person who asked him that question. So uh, that was almost his middle name. Every time you looked up or saw something about him, it was about this bad tackling. So just like it was with Greedy last year, I don't think that, uh, you know, that they are concerning themselves with that as much as they are the fact that in today's NFL, in today's game, I think they really – want him to be able to cover the tight end. Uh, at least that is going to be one of the things uh, that they hope that he can do. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, he can do a lot of different things. Big nickel, uh, he, he can play up at the line of scrimmage. He can play deep safety. They didn't pencil him in anywhere. Free safety, strong safety. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what role he'll end up playing here. I, I thought Grady ended up being a pretty good tackler last year. Uh, you know, just kind of my, the eyeball test. I thought he was better than than kind of as advertised. And then just to sort of back that up, I tonight I went and actually looked at his PFF grades just, just out of curiosity. And he graded okay. You know, he wasn't a great tackler in, in their eyes, but he graded okay most games. There were a couple stinkers in there, but everybody has those. I thought he was okay as a tackler. I think sometimes in college – it can be hard to judge these guys as tacklers for any multitude of reasons. And, and, you know, I remember one of the Browns defensive coaches said in a press conference last year that maybe Grady was making a few business decisions out there. I don't know if that was the case with Delpit, but especially because they were contending for a national title, but it can be hard to judge how, 
how these guys tackle at the college level. So I, I guess as far as that's concerned, we'll see. And Scott, it'll give us a good, uh, a good chance to, to write more about tackling like we do every spring. Yeah, I got the impression that uh, people looked at uh, effort when it came to greedy. And I haven't read as much of that about Delpit as I have about angles and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, Greedy did, I think, kind of shut up some people. Uh, he made some, some maybe some high profile tackles out in the flat, um, you know, against running backs last year. So people took notice. But I always got the sense that maybe, like you said, it was maybe like a business decision and, and the effort wasn't, wasn't what, uh, what NFL coaches would want to see. Yeah, Scott, if I can add to that real quickly, uh, I compare tackling in the NFL to playing defense in the NBA just in general. A lot of times it does come down to, like you said, Scott, effort and just will to do so. Um, reading about Grant, he had a shoulder injury along with an ankle injury. And I've played with some guys who are uh, got those stingers and are trying to protect their shoulders. Despite playing defense, you are going to think about the longevity of your season and your role on the team rather than throwing your shoulder at someone and risking uh, further injury. So I think I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, but again, it, tackling is one thing that we're going to talk about a lot because it's just, it comes up in the NFL often with how much they don't tackle in practice. Yeah. I, I just think it's one of those things that we'll see, you know, I, I, I don't like to look at a, you know, so like, like I said, tackling in college could be a funny thing. Um, so the Browns, uh, did decide to trade down from the 74 pick as well. So two trade downs today. And that one was kind of the, I don't want to say controversial one, but I think that's the one we're going to kind of keep an eye on, right? Because there was a guy there that I think a lot of Browns fans were very interested in. New Orleans ended up picking him. Picking him. Uh, Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Uh, would have been a nice fit here. The Browns decided to trade out of that pick. They did pick up a 2021 uh, third rounder next, for next season, obviously. And they have multiple picks now in the third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, no surprise that the Browns traded down twice and kind of picked up some extra draft capital. But um, I guess I just want to get your guys' thoughts on their approach in, in regard to trading down. Mary Kay? Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like Andrew has a method to his madness here. And I, I thought all along – uh, that they were going to try to do something, first of all, to end up with another fifth-round pick. I don't think they wanted to go through the whole fifth round without a pick. So you knew they were going to add something there. In, in terms of moving back 14 spaces, I was a little bit surprised about that because I thought there was still a lot of really good talent on the board at that time. I mean, it just seemed like uh, there are places where they're, you know, they're really deep uh, in terms of receiver and, and some other positions where – you can keep moving back a little bit and, and still get some really, really good starters in this round. So I was a little surprised to see them go so long uh, without a pick between 44 and 88. You know, that's a long time to go uh, without a draft pick in this draft. But, uh, but once again, you know, I think they added a lot of pieces also in free agency and filled a lot of holes that way that would almost kind of make up for uh, some lack of, of picks in this round. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who who, who worked under Sashi Brown for a couple of years. You know, he he knows everything there is to know about accruing picks for the future, and you know, getting those picks in the middle rounds. That's there's a lot of value in that. Uh, when you you have more swings, you got more chances to land people. I, they ended up with a linebacker. They ended up with a guy who, uh, well, they brought in B.J. Goodson, who I think is more tackling than coverage. 
what you're going to get from him. And then they come back and get the other LSU linebacker, the one who isn't noted for coverage, uh, who, again, is going to be more of a run stopper, uh, a tackler. So, you know, they, they, got, they got different skill sets in this, in this first two days, or at least today on the defense side of the ball. Maybe, maybe they didn't get the highest rated players that people would think, but, but they did get some skill sets that I think fit in to what they, what they need a linebacker. And for me, I'm just going to address the players that we're comparing here. Uh, we don't know how that third round pick obviously next year is going to turn out. Um, in the NFL, and I think in general, Andrew Barry and Kevin Zafanski, Joe Woods have made it clear they are going to build this team up front, and that's how they think they win in the NFL. I think they've actually said it to us a few times. We see what they've done to the offensive line. Um, and now adding a defensive lineman compared to Zach Bond, who – Though he played edge at Wisconsin, he's probably going to be more of an inside linebacker. I think he's a – I compare him to a larger Joe Schobert. I think PFF even had the Joe Schobert comp there. Um, but with Jordan Elliott, we're looking at a guy who could grow into a Sheldon Richardson type. Uh, that's probably a real high ceiling for him. But the point is they're going to invest in the D-line, much like we just saw the San Francisco 49ers do again last night. Uh, so, for me, I'm fine with that. If that's where they think – wins and I tend to agree with them then go for it and move on from Zach Bond and we're not going to how this plays out until next year when that pick uh, happens and following Bond's career of course. Okay I, I gotta hit the brakes here and, and throw it in reverse because there's something on my notes I completely forgot to bring up about Grant Delpit so so we'll get into to Jordan Elliott and Jacob Phillips here in a second but Mary Kay the swagger mm-hmm. I completely forgot to bring up the swagger this guy we're, we're gonna love him well, whenever we get a chance to start talking to these guys again, we're going to absolutely love him. Uh, he told you uh, to basically write the best secondary in the NFL, all caps, uh, no lack of swagger here from, uh, from Mr. Delpit, as you'd expect from an LSU guy, I guess. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm so glad that you circled back to this, Dan, because that was the number one thing that obviously jumped out to me about Grant Delpit. He comes in here with that LSU swagger. Uh, you know, we remember back to last year when Greedy Williams predicted in his introductory press conference that they were going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so Grant Delpit comes in here today and says they are the best safety in the NFL. He did tell me I could put that all in caps in my headline. We'll see if it stays all caps in the headline. Um, but I did do it. And, um, and, you know, that was just one of the many things that he said. I mean, he was just all over the place. Uh, I mentioned that uh, he kind of had a little bit of fun with, with the reporter uh, saying, you know, I think I'm going to tackle you for saying that. Uh, you know, he, he just talked about, you know, the swagger and just kind of like the LSU iron sharpening iron with Odell and Jarvis against these guys. And, um, you know, he, he really just, you know, lit it up as much as you possibly can in a virtual press conference. Right. Uh, he kind of jumped off the, uh, jumped off the screen here. And, um, it was interesting because we did ask Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski about that. And they're like, Hey, we like confidence. We're cool with that. Uh, but performance is the most important thing. And we're really going to be more about, playing than talking but you know we'll, we'll take some of that too that's what the browns need right they need another outspoken person in the locker room they're really lacking i think in that in that category <laughs> funny well you know what i actually think uh as we move through the off season and we move through this draft i think you can see that they are really trying to shape and mold 
the character of the football team. They're not just building a roster of players that play a certain way. They're also developing a team chemistry. And I think they're, they're adding some leaders to the football team. They're adding some guys that are, uh, you know, that love the game of football. I mean, I think that you can see the team maybe starting to take on a little of the personality that they want it to have. And they're changing it. They're changing what it was before into one that will more accurately reflect the Andrew Berry, Paul DePodesta, Kevin Stefanski regime. And, and I, I think we're seeing that now. And I, I don't know. I think that matters a little bit, Ellis, to have a guy on, on the back end of your defense who's got a little bit of that. You, you know, I, I think they had it sort of a lightning in the bottle thing with Demarius Randall there for like half a season where he was, you know, they, they got a little bit of that attitude from him. And I just think, you know, look, ultimately you got to be able to play. That's the bottom line, but yeah, have a little edge, a little swagger, whatever you want to call it. I think that's a good thing, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And specifically that defensive back, I think those guys got to have a little sicko mode to them, just a little uh, irrational confidence to them. Uh, because you're out there on an island and it's a weird place to be and you're judged one-on-one -on -one, and when you get fried you get embarrassed you're on every highlight reel you're on twitter you're on sc not top 10 so you got to have that swagger and that can't be shook uh, i will say this going from lsu culture to um what the browns have been and look you guys have covered the browns for a long time i've probably seen plenty of talented program prospects come to the browns and that plays out how it does but uh, there is a change that is uh, these LSU guys are about to experience, though this new regime is trying to build uh, up what to LSU has compared to the college level. So I just think that is something that these kids don't understand yet, which which is natural. But as for the natural swagger, I'm cool with it. You know what, Dan? Uh, I remember you were so sad when Demarius Randall was leading the football team because uh, he's such a go-to guy for us. I mean, you could always count on him with a great quote, you knew that you know, he was just gonna give you something to write, right? I mean, we always like guys like that, that, um, you know, that are colorful quotes and, and fun to talk to. Well, I think, uh, you know, we may have just found our replacement for Demarius Randall in uh, Grant Delpit. I, I hope so. The Browns have a, have, have a few guys that, that are pretty good quotes. I don't know if uh, any of them will live up to Demarius Randall just sitting in his locker after a game with a smile on his face, just, wave after wave of reporters just quote machine but uh we'll see it's it's a high standard uh for demarius hey everybody i want to tell you about football insider football insiders are texting service where mary Kay, scott ellis me we text you directly throughout the day about the cleveland browns you can get breaking news you can get instant analysis texted directly to your phone it cuts through the clutter of social media you respond to us we respond directly to you it's not out on twitter it's not out in, in the universe for everyone to see it goes directly to you it's a great way to interact with each of us directly you also get an exclusive insider newsletter texted to you every day with something that doesn't show up any place else on cleveland.com it only goes to our insider subscribers. You can try a 14-day free trial if you want to check this out. And now's the time right after the draft. We've been seeing that subscriber base grow and grow, and it's really exciting to watch. You can cancel anytime. All it takes is one text, but you won't want to cancel after that free trial because it's only $3.99 a month. That's $0.14 cents per day 
And we do all sorts of things. We did a big digital draft event on Zoom exclusive for our subscribers. That was a lot of fun. Those are the sorts of things we do. So you can go to cleveland.com slash browns. On the right side of the page, there's a box that will take you to where you can subscribe to Football Insider. Or better yet, you can text me 216-208-3965. Again, that's 216-208-3965. Let's talk about Jordan Elliott. I, I thought this was an interesting, uh, an interesting pick because this is, unlike Jacob Phillips, they needed a linebacker, right? But, but Jordan Elliott is a guy where you've got Sheldon Richardson, you've got Larry Ogunjobi, uh, you, you just signed Andrew Billings, who's an interior guy, and now you've added Jordan Elliott. And Andrew Barry kind of compared his defensive line to hockey lines. Uh, you're you're going to run these guys out there. You're going to rotate them out there. But I, I did think it was interesting that they went with an interior lineman when that seems to be a position where at least, you know, in the near future, you're pretty comfortable. Now, Sheldon Richardson gets a little expensive after this year. Larry Ogunjobi is about to hit free agency. Um, but, you know, it, it's a stable position, but they go in to add a guy like Elliot. Any, any surprise there, Mary Kay? You know what? Uh, I haven't had as much time as I wanted to to study up on on Jordan yet because I was very wrapped up in all the uh, Grant Delpit quotes. But um, but I think the the key with him is that he can get inside pressure. It it from what I can tell, uh, he graded out uh, really well in terms of interior pressure, and I think that's very very important. And I think that's something that that these guys are going to be able to you know, to emphasize that you're not going to just get it from the outside. Uh, you're going to be able to get that push up the middle, uh, which I, which I think uh, can be very important. So I think that's one of the things they were looking for. And again, they did, they beefed up the lines. They're, they're showing that, that it starts there for them and they're putting their money where their mouth is. Scott, he was, yeah. he was really high up on PFF's board. Yeah. I think he, if I remember correctly, 38 quarterback pressures last season. Um, and he had one of the highest uh, defensive grades for an interior uh, defender. Um, you know, those three guys you mentioned, Ogunjobi, Richardson, and Billings, uh, they might not be here past past this season. They can get out from under Richardson's contract pretty cheap uh, after this season. And then, of course, like you said, Ogunjobi's a free agent. Billings is on a one-year deal. And, uh, you know, Elliott could be the bridge to to whatever comes next on the interior of that line. So, uh, it made sense to get somebody you know you're going to have for for a few years under contract when you know you got so much uncertainty on how long you're going to have the other three guys there. Okay, let's uh, let's look ahead real quickly to Saturday. Uh, we are recording this as, as we've mentioned a few times, uh, very very early Saturday morning. Uh, I don't know if if you're listening to this and the draft has already started or whatever, but uh, if if you're listening to this pre-draft. Uh, let's real quickly talk about what we expect on Saturday. It's always hard to kind of pick the names because I, I sort of look at these last few rounds as just throwing darts. Like this is when you're really going to just go best player available and you're trying to find a guy here or a guy there that's maybe going to be able to contribute to your football team for a few years. So um, well, I'll, I'll just ask each of you, we'll start with you, Mary Kay. What, what are you expecting tomorrow? You know, for some reason, I would expect them to come out of this draft with a wide receiver just because I've been hearing so much about how good the wide receivers are in this class and how deep they go. Uh, so I would expect them. I don't know. I almost feel like I would be disappointed if they don't get one. And I sort of asked Kevin Stefanski about that today. You know, did you have to kind of take off your offensive coach hat and just put on the, uh, 
you know, the overarching football coach hat because, you know, they, they didn't get, they haven't really gotten any offensive skill players in this draft yet. And there are some really, really good ones. So I would imagine that they will at least be looking at some of those wide receivers. I had people tell me that you could get a starter into the fifth round. So if that's the case, then uh, they, they could still be in good shape that way. Scott, what are, what are you looking for on, on I, guess, I guess, today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I've, I've hit on three out of four positions in my perfect mock draft so far. I haven't got any names right, uh, but, you know, offensive tackle, uh, safety, linebacker, um, had that right. The one thing we didn't see, like Mary Kay said, is a wide receiver. I think I'd be too – be surprised if they don't come away with a receiver uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, guard is still something that they haven't haven't done, uh, haven't addressed yet. Um, maybe they're happy with what's on the roster, but it would be surprising if uh, we don't see one of those guys go. Um, those are probably the two main positions. You know, I tight end. I know is still out there. I know Dan, you've been talking a lot about you know bulking up at tight end, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's mostly defensive if, if other than, you know, other than a guard prospect. Ellis, what are you watching? Yeah, I think they could, uh, you know, actually I think they could use another corner and maybe that's just because uh, Amik Robertson still out there. Look, I study this stuff maybe too closely. I still think there's a, there's a lot of names I like on this list. Um, I'll pound the table for Tyler Johnson, U of M golden Gophers. Um, the Vikings took, uh, Jefferson out of LSU and I'll go on record saying watching the tape I don't know if there's a huge difference between what the Vikings landed in round one and what Tyler Johnson possesses and what could be round five or round six now so uh, I think he's the best receiver available than Ohio State guy KJ Hill so some names to watch um, but yeah receiver corner tight end offensive lineman I, I think those are the areas they're going to go tomorrow or today. Well, that, that PFF theme, uh, they, they do love Tyler Johnson. So if the Browns uh, ended up picking him, that, that would certainly be a match in that regard. Uh, all right. Well, that will do it for our special Saturday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're going to try and get back to this uh, Monday and, and give you guys a good draft recap. Uh, maybe our favorite moments from the draft, too. So maybe think to the, the craziest thing you saw during the, the broadcast that's going to stick with you till the end of time here the broadcast has been wonderful just one <laughs> they should do this every year i don't want to go back to what it was before i want this <laughs> I, I actually really like it i i think it's been i think it's been an enjoyable draft maybe it's just because i'm not sitting in, in that media room all day maybe yeah that's, maybe that's what it's coming yeah. <laughs> okay well that will do it for uh like i said the special edition of the orange and brown talk podcast for mary Kay, scott and ellis i'm dan thanks for listening